Welcome to the Pursue of Bliss podcast. My name is Kristen. I'm a self-professed health, spirituality, and mindset junkie. You know that blissful happiness you feel when you're just at peace with yourself, living fully in the present moment? That's the feeling I believe we are all in the pursuit of. And I want to help you get one step closer by up-leveling your health, mindset, and love for yourself. Because that lasting and blissful happiness can only be found and created within. So get ready for all things mindset, holistic health, and spirituality. I hope this serves you. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Pursuit of Bliss podcast. And this is the fourth and final episode of the mini series Navigating the Void. And this one has a bit of a different energy because I know the last three have been a little bit dark and heavy and a lot. And I really, I'm excited to share this one with you because I really want you all to feel what comes after the initial stages of the void and after you meet yourself in the depths because it's not easy. It's extremely challenging. (laughs) It's extremely messy and chaotic and really a void experience is is very difficult to to, to describe in words because it's a lot. And I know a lot of you have been really resonating with this series and resonating with my experiences. And I know a lot of you have been in similar experiences or have experienced the void recently. I know right now in the world, we're in this collective theme of giant life changes. So many people are being redirected onto higher paths, which the redirection can feel like a void, especially when the new path is a lot different than your old one. And so I know a lot of people are experiencing big life changes, whether it be physically in reality or internally, internal changes or both. So for those of you who are resonating or are in a void experience, have been in one, et cetera, I I want to give you hope for what comes on the other side of it when you're willing to stay present through the entire experience and surrender to that experience. Because I, it's it's actually, it's, uh, I have no words. Like I just... And I am literally never at a loss for words. I can talk and talk and talk and talk all day long, especially on the podcast. So to be at a loss for words and trying to describe how I feel right now is such a beautiful thing for me because it means I've never felt like this before. This is truly the first time I've ever felt exactly how I'm feeling right now, which is the only word that I can really think of that kind of comes close is just this deep embodied contentment. (laughs) it's not like this crazy excitement. There's no anxiety or fear. It's just deep, peaceful contentment. Like I am exactly where I'm meant to be exactly. And I've never felt more aligned in my entire life. I feel more content than I've ever felt. I feel more connected than I've ever felt. I feel more proud of myself than I've ever felt for all of the ways I've had to show up and all of the difficult choices I've had to make and continue to make and the ways I've had to challenge myself. It's been tumultuous to say the least. And it was all like, I wouldn't take one second of any of that pain back. And if you listen to the first three messages, three messages, if you listen to the first three podcasts in their entirety, 
then you'll know that a lot happened in the past few months. There was a lot of betrayal, a lot of pain, a lot of rejection, a lot of a lot of deep, deep, deep grief like I've never felt. A lot of ends. And it left me feeling really lost. And it left me, I mean, that was more pain than I've ever experienced in that short of a period of time in my entire life. Probably more confusion, more, I've never felt so lost. And it brought me to a place where I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I've never felt so grounded. I've never felt so content. I've never felt so at peace. I've never felt so certain that exactly where I am doing exactly what I'm doing is right, just perfectly right. And I'm going to describe more about this fourth stage, which is the flight or flying or, you know, it's kind of the stage when you leave the cocoon and you take that leap, like I talked about in the last episode, and you're in the air. But in the beginning, it's very unstable because the wings are brand new. You've never had them before. You don't know how to use them. So it feels really unstable. Sometimes you're loving it. Sometimes you feel like you're falling. You're dropping a few feet. Then you're lifting yourself back up. And eventually... You get used to the wings and slowly you become more confident and eventually you learn to love the feeling of flying rather than to fear the feeling of flying. Eventually you begin to learn to fully trust in your wings and their ability to keep you safe and you're able to kind of let go and just enjoy the view and the sensations. That's where I'm slowly getting to right now. I feel like I'm just starting to right now in real time in my life I'm starting to leave that unstable, wobbly phase of flying. I'm still a little bit wobbly. (laughs) I'm not falling as often. I'm trusting my wings more. And I can see in the near future the point where I am just flying with complete trust without the wobble. And that's a really exciting place to be. So I'm going to describe more about what I mean by that. But let me first give you a sneak peek because... Biggest question I've been getting, especially when I do my Q and A, is everyone wants to know where I am. Like, Kristen, where are you? Are you in Costa Rica? Where are you living? And for the first time in my life, or I shouldn't say my life, for the first time in the life of my business, I don't feel called to sharing all of the details. I love sharing my life with all of you. Like, I I love it. I really do. But in this phase, I feel like keeping a few things really sacred and private for myself because they're just, I kind of, I don't know, like, have you ever had that feeling when you just have, I'm just imagining like a child holding like a gem in their hand, like a diamond or a sapphire, and it's so beautiful and amazing, and they kind of just want to have it for themselves and enjoy it for themselves, and it's almost like this selfish feeling of, I have a gem in my hand right now. I'm really excited about my life and I've never felt this good. And I just kind of want to hold on to this for myself for right now. And I'm sure eventually I'll share more about the details of my life and where I am and what my life looks like. Kind of like I was doing when, you know, I guess for most of this podcast, you guys always know what I'm up to, what my life looks like, but I'm really just reveling in the beauty of my life right now. And it feels really right to keep it just for me at the moment. And I've just felt kind of called to just honoring the sacred nature of a lot of areas of my life right now and really honoring where I am and the contentness and the joy that I'm feeling. And 
when it feels right to share more, I absolutely will. But I'll give you guys a few sneak peeks, of course. So I am currently recording this from the floor. Actually, I'm sitting on a blow-up air mattress, a twin-size blow-up air mattress, which is the only piece of furniture I have in this place besides cat furniture. Of course, my cat comes first. And I'm sitting on this blow-up air mattress on the floor of my living room in the sun. There's sun streaming through the window directly onto me right now. My little kitty is laying in the sun right next to me. She has her head resting on a book. And it might be a little bit echoey because I have no furniture and I'm in the living room. Uh, And I am, of course, like where I am right now in this place that I'm living is on the coast. I'm sure no one is surprised about that. I am walking distance from the ocean because I know this about myself. I have to be near the ocean. It's for some people it's mountains. For some people it's any kind of nature. For some people it's lakes. For me it's ocean. I need to be by the ocean. And I am just in this, uh, I'm so happy. I'm looking around at, at, you know, the place that I'm living and I could not be happier. And the thing that's the greatest part of this is that this is not what I asked for or expected. I didn't try to manifest this. I didn't ask for it. I didn't make a manifestation list. This is not the apartment of my dreams. In fact, this isn't even the life of my dreams. This is the apartment I never thought to ask for. This is the life I never thought to ask for. I never thought of. I never envisioned this for myself. But the feelings of contentment and fulfillment and peace that I have, this is the feeling I was always searching for, but I think even when I was surrendered, there was a piece of me that still thought I was in control, that I knew it was best. You know, we can say we don't know what's best for ourselves, but at the end of the day, we still want what we want. And we get really attached to our desires. And I've manifested the life that I've wanted, the life of my dreams a million times over. I think I've had the unique opportunity to live out almost all of my dreams that I've ever had. And I think it was important for me to be able to do that, to realize that, wait, the life that actually feels the best is not the one that I dreamed of. It's not, I would have never asked for this, but it's the one that feels better than I can even describe in words. I just need to stop even trying to come up with words for this experience because I don't have them. It's this deep embodied sensation that's hard to describe of my body feels at home in my life. That's it. Those are the words. My body feels at home in my life, completely at home, completely safe in my life in a way that I've never felt before. And I didn't know it was possible to feel like this because of course we can never know what better looks and feels like until we're there. It's impossible to really feel and imagine something that we've never experienced. So this is all really new to me. And it's just even speaking this out loud is bringing tears to my eyes because for the first time last night, actually it was around, I don't know, maybe six or 7 PM. The sun had just gone down. I had just gotten back from a walk, watching the sunset. And I was just laying on this twin size air mattress, not fancy on the floor of, of my new home. And I was looking around at this empty living room I'm in and I started crying 
tears of contentment and joy because and it's hitting me again like just this wave of how is it possible that this is mine how is it possible that this life is mine how is it possible that I'm feeling this level of contentment and peace I didn't know it was possible to feel like this and just looking around and kind of almost feeling like in a dream state, just feeling so grateful, but it's a kind of gratitude where you don't ask yourself, what am I grateful for? It's a kind of gratitude that just hits you out of nowhere. The kind of gratitude that kind of creeps up on you when you're not expecting it, when you're not trying, when you're just there, when you're just in your life. And that is the kind of real embodied gratitude that attracts miracles. But I think you know, it's important to have gratitude practices. What am I grateful for? These are great mindset shifts, but real gratitude, you don't need to strive for. It hits you. It creeps up on you when you're in complete alignment and being in complete alignment doesn't mean that you always feel gratitude. I do believe that I was in complete alignment in the past few months as I made a lot of the really difficult choices I made. And that brought me a lot of pain But it was in being able to release all of that pain that brought me to this place where I'm naturally feeling all of the things I wanted to feel without trying. And it's also interesting because I've been feeling really creatively blocked in the past four months or so, as you can probably tell because my podcast was paused for, what was it, three or four months. I haven't put out any new offers besides working with a few one-on-one clients. I haven't created anything. I haven't really been putting out any content on Instagram or really anywhere. I haven't been sending emails. I just, I didn't have any, there was no creativity in me. There was no inspiration. And so I honored that. And it was because all of my energy, little did I know, was meant to be going into the life changes I was about to make and all of the pain that it would bring with it, as does many of our big life changes. And so here I am settled in this town that I am so excited to be in. It feels so right in this home that just feels like such a safe space, such a sanctuary for me. Every just, I don't even want to say everything I asked for and more because I didn't ask for it. It's just more than I could have ever thought to ask for. It's better than I would have ever imagined for myself. And suddenly the creative juices are waking up. They're flowing again and I'm getting all of these ideas that I'm so excited about putting into practice and and creating a new offers I'm going to put out for all of you and new ideas for the podcast. It's just, I'm nonstop. It's like every hour I'll, I'll be driving. I have to pull over and just, I'll spend 20 minutes typing in the notes app on my phone because I'm having so many new ideas and downloads and Uh, Well, in the name of keeping it real, I am sitting on my air mattress and every time I move, it makes really weird noises and I just don't feel like sitting really still or making sure I re-record every moment where there's a weird air mattress noise in the background. Messy, imperfect action is the name of the game. So if you hear weird background noises, just know it is not me or any weird bodily (laughs) functions. It is the mattress I'm sitting on. Moving forward, what my point is that I haven't been able to even stop the flood of inspiration and creativity. It is moving through me and there is nothing I can do to stop it. I am just a channel right now and it feels so damn good. I cannot wait to get my my place together, right? I have no furniture. I'm going to start doing that this week. I can't wait to get my office set up so I can 
just really get started with everything. I, I just have chills in my entire body right now. And here's the other thing is so many people say, but I, I don't know how to create content right now. I'm not feeling creative or inspired. Well, you're not feeling creative or inspired for a reason because that energy is meant to be directed elsewhere. We never get where we want to go by trying to get where we want to go. We get where we want to go by surrendering to what is. When we resist what is in the name of getting where we want to go, we just create more confusion and stuckness and stagnant energy. And to get where we want to go, the solution is almost always a paradox. We almost always end up feeling like we're moving backward or moving away from what we actually want, right? Like I spent four months not feeling creative or inspired and not creating anything, even though I wanted to. I sat in that resistance of I want to create and I have nothing to create. I don't have anything to pour out right now. No ideas. I I didn't sit and force myself to free write until I came up with an idea. I sat with the resistance of feeling uncomfortable and feeling shameful that I didn't have any inspiration, but I didn't force it. And then when my life all kind of the pieces came back together, it showed up naturally. And what I'm literally imagining right now when I say the pieces came back together is I'm imagining like life as a puzzle. I think that's an example I've used many times. It just is a visual that works really well for me. And I see the puzzle of my life previously in Costa Rica and it was a beautiful puzzle and it's all placed together perfectly. And then a hand comes down from the sky and just jumbles up the entire puzzle. Right. And I just felt like that messiness for months trying to piece myself back together and unable to figure out how. And then now I'm seeing that same puzzle and it's put back together, but all the pieces have been repainted. It's different now. It's the same puzzle, but it's different. But it's all pieced back together again. But this time it was pieced back together in a much, in a slower fashion. The first one was kind of this chaotic beauty, right? My life in the previous era was just this chaotic, wild beauty. And this time it was pieced together with a lot more intention, a lot more slowly, with less rush, more presence, more softness. And I don't know if you can hear that, but here comes my kitty meowing at me. She tends to do that when she feels shifts in energy. But this new, this new puzzle just feels different. Right, like it's technically the same puzzle. All the pieces are shaped the same. They all fit together perfectly still, but it just, it's different. It has a different energy. It feels more slow, more peaceful, more intentional, more content. And both are beautiful and worthy and amazing and very different. And so when those pieces finally came together again, it's like, all of the energy that I had attached to all these other areas in my life that I like have, I've been spending the past month kind of slowly cutting cords, slowly closing chapters, slowly taking back my power in a lot of ways. And when I called all that energy back to me, it made space for the creativity to come through. But the thing is closing and cutting the ties from my old life, from all my old ways of being, it was difficult. It sounds a lot more poetic when I describe it in words, but it really felt like 
it felt less like I was cutting ties and more like I was ripping myself away from old pieces of myself, from my old life, from people, from circumstances, from habits, from values. It's felt more like a ripping than it has felt like a gentle undoing, which is what I would have wished it could have been, but it wasn't. It truly felt like me leaving that old chapter was like ripping myself away from it. And it's like I'm imagining I have all of these energetic cords just tying and attaching me to, the, to different people, places, circumstances, things, etc. that couldn't come with me where I was going. But I was trying to come here and still hold those old attachments because it felt really painful to even think about letting them go. And so those cords were stretched and stretched and stretched and stretched as, they, as I tried to take them with me. And eventually, I couldn't move forward anymore with them. But they were already stretched out so much. When I tried to take another step forward, they just ripped and recoiled. That's what it's felt like. Is I could have made choices earlier, but some, some ties are so difficult to cut. You know, when you're ending a chapter, it's really hard. There's parts of myself I had to let go of that I really liked and was proud of. There were people I had to let go of that I truly loved but couldn't come with me on this on this journey that just weren't a match for where I was going. There were even things that I was so proud of that I loved in my life that I've had to let go of. Or like I'm in the process right now of selling my jungle car in, in Costa Rica, which has been really bittersweet. And so all of these ties kind of like ripped or ripped away from me and they recoiled and they hit me and it was painful. But at the same time, my life here where I am now has unfolded in the most miraculous of ways. And so it's like the pain and the difficulty I felt kind of detaching myself from my old life has opened me up to a new way of life. As difficult as it's been to detach, it has been the opposite feeling in creating my new life here. And I think a lot of the difficulty in detaching and cutting a lot of the ties with that old chapter and old versions of me has been really difficult because I wound those ties so tightly around my life, my old way of living. It was almost like a part of me was like, my this life is so good, I don't want to lose it. I am unwilling to lose this life. I love my life so much, which is a great place to be. And I love my life so much. I love this life that I've built. And it's almost like a part of me knew it wasn't forever, but I wanted it to be forever. I wanted to feel like that forever. And so I wrapped these cords around my life as securely as I could. Hoping, I think unconsciously, that when the time came, when God asked me to shift that those cords, those ties would hold me in place so I could stay. And I think oftentimes we do this, whether it be with relationships with people, with places, with things. We all do this in certain ways. When we have an underlying deep knowing that this isn't it forever. This is just it for the time period. Right? This too shall pass. When we have that deep knowing, but we're scared of the pain of what it would feel like to let go and we don't trust our life without that person, place, or thing, right? When we haven't had something better and we don't know what that feels like, it feels impossible. We get ourselves in really deep. We wrap our energetic cords as tight as we possibly can. 
We energetically grip as tightly as we possibly can. But this, what we're doing is trying to prevent ourselves from feeling the potential grief and pain that would come with leaving this particular era, identity, chapter, person, etc. But what we're actually doing is creating more pain for ourselves because when the inevitable truth happens, as it always does, it is even more painful to let go of a life that we have wound ourselves around as tightly as possible. And so this exact steps we took to protect ourselves from pain becomes the same thing that hurts us in the end, that creates more pain than we would have even had to experience in the first place. Because whether or not you've done this and set up this self-protection for yourself, it's going to be painful. Life changes are painful. That's why some people never change their lives. Life changes come with pain but they will also lead you to a place with more joy, love, fulfillment, peace than you've ever experienced. And so I kind of learned my lesson. It's Kristen, you don't need to hold on so tightly. The things that are really good, this too shall pass. It won't be here forever. Nothing will be exactly as it is right now forever. Nothing Everything as you know it, life as you know it today will never be the same again and will not be the same forever. There will come a day when everything about your life will be different. And we can either allow that to freak us out and cause us to put up walls and guards and cling, which takes away the joy of our present life and also guarantees more suffering down the line. Or we can use that knowing to stay fully present and grounded and say, wait a second, all the things I'm resisting about this this present moment in this life, the things that aren't good, they're not as big as I think. One day I'm going to look back and I'm going to miss the little things about this life. I'm going to miss, for example, I'm going to miss the moments when I was sitting on the floor of my empty home recording a podcast, even though I complained about not having furniture and having to sleep on an air mattress and how my back hurts. I'm only going to have this once, this experience, this exact experience. I'm only going to have it once. So let me be with it. Let me be fully with it. All those good times that we have. You know, it's interesting in this era of my life, I've hardly been taking any photos or videos. I actually went on my phone yesterday morning and I deleted over 10,000 photos of the past couple years of my life. And I haven't had any inspiration to be recording or documenting much at all in my current life. I have done a few things because I know I want to share some things with you guys on Instagram, but I've barely been documenting. And I think it's, it's just because of this new shift where I, it was almost like before I was so scared that these moments are passing when things are really good or beautiful. They wanted to document it so it could last forever. But now I'm in a place where I don't need every moment to last forever. I just want to be fully in it now because when I'm fully in it now, I no longer have a desperate need for it to last forever because I'm fully in it, fully experiencing it. I'm knowing and trusting that this moment will not last forever. It will never come again, but other one, other moments will come other moments that are not like this moment that are much different, that will feel different in ways that I'm not even able to imagine now. 
but they will be equally, if not even more deeply fulfilling. I don't need this moment to last forever. I don't even need documentation that this moment existed. I don't need to look at the photos to remember how good it was. I don't need to look back and be reminded of all of the good moments in my life. All of those beautiful moments in our life, when we're really present, they build up like this energy, like almost a reservoir inside of us. Fills our cup in a way, I guess you could say. And so one day you might look back and you might not remember all of the moments, but you're going to have that deep embodied feeling within you because you were in all of those moments and they became a part of you rather than you were documenting or holding on tightly or wrapping energetic cords around each and every moment, not wanting to forget a piece of any of them because you were so scared that it would leave, that life wouldn't be this good again. You were trying to hold on. And so in a sense, I feel almost a detachment in that way from my life, not detached in a sense of not present, but just detached in a sense of, I don't need this to be my forever anymore. I don't need to know that this is going to last. I don't need to have that security because I feel safer and more secure in my trust in God than I ever have because I've seen what he's done in my life in the past six months. I've seen how I thought I had it the best I could ever have it. I have seen how I crashed and burned And I've seen where that took me now and where he took me now. I just got chills because it was completely unexpected. Nothing I would have asked for or planned for myself, but it's so much better. It's so much better. It's so much better in so many different ways. And it doesn't take away from how good my life was before because my life is better, but in different ways. I'm deeply fulfilled in different areas of life that I didn't realize I was lacking in. And so now that I realize, wait, what I thought I wanted to last forever, what I thought would last forever, what I thought was the thing, the place, the people, the everything. I thought it was the one, right? Not in the sense of like the one person, that one soulmate, which is how a lot of us are looking for the one, but I thought it was the one life. Like I'd figured life out. This, like, this is it for me. This is, I finally done it. This is it. This is my place, my people. This is my career. Like I've got it all figured out. It's so good. I can just stay here and, and stay safe and comfy now. You know how God laughed in my face, but I've seen how I believed all those things and they weren't true. But on the other side of it, I turned out better than okay. I wouldn't change one damn thing. I wouldn't want to go make that last forever. And so I've seen how God worked in my life, even though it was deeply uncomfortable and the most pain I've ever felt. And so I have a deeper trust now. I'm like, you know what, God, I'm yours. Lead me, show me, do your worst in my life if you must, but let's let, let this be your way, not my way. I don't need to be attached to this life right now because I know that any part of it that shifts Yeah, there will be pain, but I can handle it. I've been there, done that. I can do it again. I'll be okay. And I know that when doors shut, when I'm redirected, when things feel really hard, I know what's coming. I might not know exactly what what's coming looks like. I don't know what it looks like, whatever's coming for me, but I know what it's going to feel like. I know that I'm in good hands. And I've... What, like a lesson I've really integrated over the past 
few months as I've experienced this season of my life is that the area that you in life that you have the most fear and anxiety is the area of life that you trust God the least. And that quote is not mine. I picked that up from somewhere on Instagram. I don't remember. I wish I could give the person credit, but I remember reading that and it's resonated and it's been repeating in my head over the past few months. When I've had moments of anxiety and fear around the ways my life are changing and how things are going to work out is this is where you trust God the least. And it's been a process of learning to let go and trust in these areas. But this is like when I said I didn't manifest this life, I don't mean it in the sense of I didn't manifest because I still do believe we're manifesting all the time. That is just how life works. But I didn't consciously try to manifest this life. I didn't make a manifestation list. I didn't script it. I didn't do any of that. I haven't done any of that in a really long time because the point I'm at now is this was true co-creation with God. This was me saying, okay, you know what? I don't need to even make a list and try to manifest that because I trust God that actually knows my desires better than me. He knows what's on my heart. He knows my soul more intimately than I can even know with this human brain that I have, the monkey mind that kind of gets in the way sometimes. He already knows. What if I just trusted him instead of trying to micromanage what he's doing for me? This is true co-creation. doesn't mean letting go of our desires and dreams. It doesn't mean not taking action. It's not passive attraction, but it's a depth of trust and surrender that can be really scary. But this entire life, like the way I found where I'm living now, everything just worked out so easily when I got here to the town I'm living in now. I decided, okay, I'm going to look for places to live. And of course, you know, the market is not good right now. I'm just, I'm renting for, I signed a lease for a year. So I was looking just for a year long lease. And of course, things are just, as soon as they're available, they're disappearing. Lots of people are looking for housing. Uh, Prices are sky high. Everyone told me this was a really bad time to be looking I remember I was buying a bike and I was talking to the lady and she was like, oh, like, I'm sorry to hear you're looking for housing. That must be so difficult. You know, it's so hard right now. Everyone I talked to had something to say like that. So I was like, all right, Kristen, blinders on. We're doing this our way. You've got God on your side. It doesn't matter what everyone says. This isn't a numbers game for you because you're not doing this on your own. You are co-creating with the divine. Logic does not matter when we are co-creating with God. So I went to what I thought would be my dream apartment. I found it on Zillow and it showed up and had everything. If I had made a manifestation list, this place had all of it. It was modern, unlike most places here are not modern. It had just been refurbished. It was completely modern, beautiful bathtub, just granite countertops. It was gorgeous. It was the right distance from the beach. It just had everything I would have ever thought to ask for. And I was so sure it was mine only to find out that, wait, someone had applied before me. And the real estate agent was like, okay, you know what? I'll know on Monday. Monday, he didn't know. Tuesday, he didn't know. And it was just getting dragged out. And I had all of this anxiety of, wait, this is everything I've ever asked for. Why is this not working for me? Am I not meant to be here? I found the perfect apartment and 
why is it not working? Why is it not manifesting? This doesn't make sense. But I did tell myself I'm not going to force this. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to look at some other places, even though I didn't see any other ones that I liked. Like I'm telling you, I looked at every fucking listing that existed, (laughs) that was listed in the area I was looking at within a few miles on Zillow. And I looked at like every single real estate website. I looked, I spent hours doing this and that was the only apartment I had found that I liked the photos of. So I found an apartment that the pictures didn't look very nice. I was like, oh, it just looks kind of shitty. I don't want to live in a place like this really. But you know what? I'm feeling kind of desperate right now. And also I had a good feeling about it for some reason. I was like, you know what? At the very least, if this isn't the place for me, maybe I'm going to run into my soulmate here. Because I feel called to go. So they were having an open house the next morning. And so I show up. Uh, right on time, of course. I'm the only one that showed up uh, at the very beginning. And I walk in and my jaw just dropped. Because first of all, whoever took the photos didn't know what they were doing. It looked nothing like the photos. It was just, in my eyes, in my heart, magnificent. And it wasn't new. It wasn't modern. The place I'm living is very old, which I would have never thought I wanted. But it has this charm to it. It's just gorgeous with these like oak floors and it's, it's not modern at all. The kitchen has not been, you know, super redone or remodeled. There's no granite countertops. It's old style. The kitchen is really small, but it's got this huge living room and there's just this beautiful wood and nothing about it is modern or new or fancy. Everything about it, though, is perfect for me. It's so charming, and there's just so much sunlight. And the weirdest, most miraculous part of this is that every single one-bedroom listing, which is what I was looking at, was within $300 of the same price point in the area I was looking in. And I had set myself uh, a number that felt good for me to pay, and it was around the number that the one-bedrooms were at. And I was like, all right, that's fine. I don't need two bedrooms, whatever. I only had my own bedroom in Costa Rica. I don't need an office. And I set the search on Zillow to one bedrooms. Somehow this place, which was a two bedroom, slipped through. I have no idea how it slipped through the search because my search was on one bedroom only. And I swear I thought it said one bedroom. But after I checked the place, I showed up and realized it was two bedroom. And I checked the listing and it did say two bedroom. Zillow somehow glitched and showed me a two bedroom. I didn't mean to look for a two-bedroom, and this particular two-bedroom was $1,000 less than every other two-bedroom, because I've seen every listing that existed on Zillow in this area. And this is just unheard of. Every person I talk to, I've talked to multiple real estate agents, and they're like, you just got such a deal. Like, I don't know how you did that. This is miraculous. It's so lucky that you found this. And I've just been waiting when I was here, I was waiting for like, okay, what's wrong with it? Why is it so much less? But there isn't a reason. That was just the price point that the owner chose. Maybe because it's older and it hasn't been remodeled. It doesn't look modern like a lot of people are wanting right now who are moving here. So I miraculously found the perfect apartment for me. Even imagining me being in the apartment that I thought I wanted now feels so ick and lonely because that apartment did not make me feel like this one does. This one, it's just like I walked in and I knew it was my home. The second I walked in, I was like, this is mine. This is my home. 
I applied that day and I was approved within two hours and signed a lease that afternoon. It was easy. I was the first person to apply, the first person to see it. And it is just, I don't even want to say beyond my wildest dreams because this wasn't my dream. It's nothing I would have ever asked for, but it's so perfect. Like the way the sun hits and the way the sunrise looks through the windows and the trees, it's just, I, yeah, I'm not going to describe it in absolute detail. I'm sure you can probably hear and feel the energy of this place. And it happened so easily when I let go of what I thought I wanted, right? That first place had everything I thought I wanted, but it felt like complete force trying to make it happen for me. Checking up with a real estate agent every day to see if he'd heard back from the couple that applied, trying to strategically figure out how to make an offer so that, you know, maybe the owners would consider me over them. Like, no. I was all in my head about it and I was so anxious. This place, there wasn't anxiety. It just was a yes and it was easy and there was no force. And so this is such a metaphor for life is sometimes we force really hard when we see an example of what we think we want, whether it's a person, a place, a thing, a kind of life. It's like we get so close that we can feel it. We can touch it. We're like, yes, this is everything I've been dreaming of. This could be mine. And then it falls through the cracks of our fingers. And we're like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? I found exactly what I want. It's everything I've been asking for. And it didn't happen for me. There's got to be something wrong with me because I was this close to my dream and it fell through my, and it fell through my fingers. But there was never anything wrong with you. You're not unworthy of what you want. It's just that there's something different than what you're imagining for yourself. Maybe something that even on paper you would say, that's not what I want. I don't want it. Take it away. I want this. That's what happened with with this place I'm living. But that thing is going to bring you everything that you want to feel in all of the ways you didn't know were possible. But you have to be willing to let go of what you so deeply want, especially when you see it in front of you. You have to be willing to let go of that if there's an energy of force. If you're forcing it, it is not meant for you. Period. You will know what's meant for you when you stop forcing. Because all that is not aligned is going to fall away when you stop forcing. But that's scary. It's scary to stop forcing and controlling because it means that you're going to have to face the falling away, the letting go of things that you really want or really like. But that is the only possible way to get to the something better. And so for me, this is what the flying feels like. Like right now, you know what? I feel like I'm soaring, sitting in the sunlight on the wood floors of this apartment that I would have never asked for. (laughs) I feel like I'm soaring, truly. Like I'm soaring right now. There's not one wobble, but there were wobbles when I was in the beginning stages of looking for a place. And there have been wobbles and, you know, also I'm learning to date again, but I'm learning to date with more intention and I'm, I have different values and I want different things and I have different boundaries and standards now. And there was a lot of wobbling, a lot. And I'm just beginning to get used to my wings again. I'm just beginning to get comfortable and getting certain on my boundaries and intentions and what I'm looking for. And it feels really good. And so there's lots of areas of my life that are just now starting to get kind of straightened out. I'm just now getting more comfortable and I'm beginning to soar. 
And actually, it's just in this moment when I said I'm soaring that I really felt that. Because I felt really wobbly. And it was just this morning that I woke up and things felt stable internally. Not externally. There's lots of still moving pieces externally. But things feel stable internally right now. And you know, if there's anything that I've learned about life in the past few months, there's anything that I know to be true more than anything about life, it's that as soon as you think you know anything about life, as soon as you think you've got anything figured out, whether it be a way of living, whether it be a concept like manifestation or energy or your work, your career, who you are, your identity, anything where you live, as soon as you think you've got anything figured out, expect the rug to be pulled directly out from under your feet. Expect yourself to be humbled. I have been humbled so deeply in so many ways in this chapter, that I, in this era of my life, in the past few months, in this void experience. I have been deeply humbled. The only thing I know is that I literally don't know anything. Anytime I think I figured something out, I am humbled deeply. Life is our greatest teacher. And we're not meant to understand or figure anything out about life. Life is supposed to be a grand mystery. And we get to get better at living it and being present with it. But no template that we ever build, no knowing that we ever have is an ultimate truth. No knowing should be clung to. Sometimes we we think we figure out a knowing about life and we cling to it even when it doesn't feel aligned anymore because we want to have a template for how to live life because life feels safer if we have a template. If we say, if I just manifest this way forever, I'll be fine. If I just live with this mindset forever, I'll be fine. If I just show up as this person forever, I'll be fine. If I just work on this career forever, I'll be fine. But that's not the way life works. We don't get to cling to one thing. Life is meant to be lived in each and every moment, and each and every moment you're going to feel differently than the last, which means what resonated yesterday may not resonate today. And it's like, (laughs) I just have this vision of me thinking I've got my life figured out, and God just literally sitting up there, man in the sky, laughing at me like, ha ha ha, look at Kristen, silly girl, she thinks she knows She thinks she's figured out the mysteries of life, the secrets. Little does she know what I've got in store for her. (laughs) You know, I could actually record a whole podcast on this, on templates and truths of life and what we think we know and spiritual teachings. And this is actually a big problem I have with some of the online spiritual community and is that new spiritual ideas are always presented as this is right and the old ways are now wrong, right? There's this big new age is wrong and religion was wrong and there's always a new area that's being demonized. Positive thinking is now spiritual bypassing. But the thing is, nothing was ever wrong. It was right. It was what we collectively needed in that moment to get us to the next stage. Just like the stage we're in now is what we collectively need to get us to the next stage. What we consider to be truths now, whether it be in the spiritual community or elsewhere in life, what we consider to be truths now will eventually be looked at and laughed and laughed at because we will have new, deeper truths that we will consider to be more true and better than what we consider to be true now. Things will always shift. 
there was a big wave of positive thinking for a long time. And then we realized, wait, when there's too much positive thinking, when we cling to that, it actually becomes sabotage and spiritual bypassing, which is true. But that doesn't make positive thinking bad as a concept. Same with new age. There's a big, ugh, new age is bad. But the thing is, all the new age concepts were exactly what we needed at the time. But once we cling to new age concepts and we make it our identity, okay, then it can turn into sabotage. Then it can hold us back from deeper healing. But that doesn't mean that tarot cards are evil or manifestation is bad and we shouldn't be trying to manifest. It just means that what we used to focus on served us in that chapter and prepared us for the next chapter. If we hadn't gone through the positive thinking, if we hadn't gone through, you know, all of the new age ideals, we wouldn't be ready for what's next. It was a stepping stone for a lot of people. But the thing is, sometimes we need to go to one end of the spectrum to get to the other end and then to balance in the middle. Sometimes we need to go, for example, let's take positive thinking. We learn to change our mindset, but then you know, it changes our life and we feel so much better because suddenly we're not down on ourselves all the time. But then we, we think, oh my gosh, my life changed so much because I learned to change my mindset. This must be it. I need to go all in on thinking positively and changing my thoughts to change my life and my life will keep getting better and better. But then one day life stops getting better. Maybe it even starts getting worse and we say, what's going on? I'm doing this positive thinking. This used to change my life and now it's not working. What's wrong with me? What's really happening What's really happening is you clung to one thing as the savior of your life. Even when it was no longer necessary, it served you in a chapter, but what served you in one chapter is not going to get you to the next chapter. To become someone you've never been, you need to do things you've never done, which means you need to unlearn everything that got you where you are. So that means that maybe positive thinking got you where you are, but it's not going to get you where you want to go. So once it's done, it served you. Now we need to unlearn it. We need to let go of that template to make space for a new template. And maybe that new template was taking your power back, learning to feel the feelings behind some of the more negative thoughts and not bypassing them with positivity. But in the beginning, we had so many negative thoughts. We needed to implement positive thinking. We didn't have the capacity to feel the depth of emotion behind our negative thoughts. We weren't ready for that yet. That was the next stage. And maybe this next stage of, you know, leaning on the oracle cards or the tarot cards or astrology and leaning on these things is going to give us the inspiration we need and the support we need to make some big life changes. Because now that I've realized that I wasn't living my life in alignment. I want to make some changes, but I need a support system to lean on. And right now I don't really have a belief system to lean on. So the Oracle cards are going to deeply support me. Astrology is going to deeply support me and give me that support. I need to be able to make these changes. And then one day I'm going to realize that I don't need the astrology anymore. I don't need to lean on it. I don't need to lean on the Oracle cards anymore. They served me and they were my support system to help me through that chapter of life. But now I've built the security inside of me and I don't need them. But what can happen is we can cling to something. We'll say, wait, but those got me where I am now. The Oracle cards helped me so much. They changed my life. This is it. I'm going to go to them every single day for guidance now. But then it becomes a crutch that we are leaning on, that we're depending on. That's not healthy. That's when people 
begin to demonize something and say, oh, leaning on astrology is the problem or leaning on oracle cards is the problem or new age practices are the problem. They're toxic. It wasn't the practices that were toxic. It was our attachment to them. It was our dependence on them. You have to then unlearn the practices that got you where you are to make space for something new, which means coming to terms with the fact that what you think you know is not the ultimate truth. We have to humble ourselves over and over and over. We have to be willing to unlearn everything we thought we knew in order to make space for the next chapter. Your next era of life, the one that you really want to step into, requires you to let go of every template you have on how life works. It requires you to unlearn everything you've ever learned. It requires you to look at life in a brand new way like a baby. It requires you to put your hands up and say, you know what? I don't know anything. What got me where I am isn't going to get me where I want to go. I don't need to lean on anything. I don't need a crutch. I trust that life is going to show me what's next and life is going to provide me with the tools that I need. I don't need to depend on my past. I don't need to depend on what used to work because it's not going to work anymore. And so this is why I have such a problem. I've been seeing so many posts lately just demonizing old self-development practices. I, I don't want to say old, but ones that were really popular, like certain ways of manifesting or oracle cards or uh, you know positive thinking. And I do agree that a lot of these practices are not as present anymore. They're not as... There's less drive behind them. What's really present in the collective right now is learning to feel our feelings, right? That's the big thing right now. And I even teach this is important. Learning to feel what we've been repressing, releasing the pain. But you know what? There's going to come a day when healing is no longer dominantly happening through healing or through feeling our feelings anymore. I do believe that we're going to go into this era of healing through joy, healing through love, which we're in as well. But there's a lot of we're in a collective void as a, as a society. We're releasing a lot of trauma from lineages. We're releasing a lot of it right now. And, and select few of us who are doing this work are doing it for a lot of people, a lot of lineages. And so it's a lot. But I don't believe we'll be in this phase forever. But eventually there's going to be people who demonize feeling your feelings and say, you don't need to be feeling your feelings all the time. And you don't need to be in pain to heal. And it's true. But right now it's serving us as a collective and we go through collective patterns. We go through collective shifts in consciousness. And right now this is the work that's present. And eventually it's going to shift. But if we get stuck to one way of doing anything, we say, this is what I'm teaching as a coach, or this is what I'm living as a healer, or this is the inner work, this is how I do it. In any area of life, when we stick to one thing, it's eventually going to be outdated and out of alignment with who we are with where we're going. But if you try to stick to it, even though it's expired, just because you know it and it feels safe, it will eventually become the poison. The medicine will become the poison if you continue to take it past when it's meant for you. And that's what all of this work is. It's just medicine. But any medicine, even a medicine that's good for you, that serves you, you're not meant to take it every day for the rest of your life. Medicine is for short spurts of healing. It becomes poison if you overdo it. Positive thinking used to be the medicine that was needed, but it becomes a poison if you lean on it like a crutch. Same with feeling your feelings and going into the void and feeling the pain. This is deep medicine. We're not meant to be doing it all the time forever, but right now it feels really present and important. 
And I just felt like this was really important to share because wherever you are, whatever calls you, whether you're focusing on mindset, positive thinking, feeling your feelings, whatever stage you're at, there's a million I haven't mentioned, whether you're working with or not working with Oracle cards, I would invite you to put your blinders on and shut out everyone else's opinions. Of course, you want to hold yourself accountable and check in on, wait, what's expired that I'm clinging to? What is expired in my life? Not just practices and values and teachings and self-development, but in every area of life, what is expired that I'm still clinging to because it feels safe? But at the same time, let's put our blinders on and shut out everyone else's opinion about what healing looks like, about what is right and true, knowing that anyone who thinks that they know what is right and true is probably about to be humbled anyway. It's impossible to know what is the ultimate true truth, and it's not up to us to figure that out. All we can know is that we really don't know anything. We can only know what is true in this exact moment for us. And that is all that matters. And it just pains me so much when I see these posts on Instagram where people putting down other forms of healing or practices or people or teachings or, you know, we can't just take a whole, you can't just say all religion is toxic or all new age is toxic, or all anything is toxic. There are beautiful healing aspects to everything. Everything is, can be, everything has the capacity to be medicine and poison. It is always how we approach said thing rather than the thing itself. One thing may be medicine to one person, but also may be poison to someone else. One thing may be medicine for us in one season of life, but poison in another when it is expired. If the medicine's expired, it turns into poison. We can't take it anymore. When something has expired for you, but you cling to it, it's going to infiltrate your life like poison and create chaos. And another collective theme right now that I'm really feeling deeply is that you don't need to adjust, fix, change, or heal who you are, to receive the love and fulfillment you are worth. You may need to change who you are, how you show up to receive what you think you want, but it's not what your soul actually wants for you. If you find that you feel you need to change or fix yourself to have what you want in right, to have what you want in life, I would examine that desire. I would ask yourself if you have an attachment to that or if you're willing to let it go. If you're willing to trust a little bit more because the desires that are meant for you, the life that is meant for you will not require you to show up as anyone but you, fully you. It will not require you to hide parts of yourself, to diminish parts of yourself, to to make yourself smaller or lower your standards or allow some boundaries to be crossed in any way. You do not need to fix. You don't need to be fixed. You don't need to be fixed. You don't need to be changed. And and you're already whole. You don't need to heal so that you can be whole. And in fact, you don't even need to chase the healing inner work anymore. The quote-unquote inner work will find you when the time is right. You don't need to chase it and attempt to fix yourself or change yourself. You know, my life has changed dramatically in all the best possible ways, but 
it's not because I tried to fix myself. In fact, it was the opposite. When I was at my lowest, if you've listened to my last few episodes, you know that I experienced the most self-disgust and shame I've ever felt in my entire life. And I didn't try to fix the things I felt shame about. I allowed them to be exactly what they were. I allowed them to be exactly as they were. And I sat with that discomfort. I sat with those parts of myself that I was deeply ashamed of. I sat with them without trying to change them or fix them or make them wrong. I just sat with the discomfort of being fully present with them. And so without trying to change myself, I was changed. I am a different person now. Because what I realized then was I'm already whole, even with these parts of myself that feel broken, that feel shameful, that feel icky and gross and repulsive. I am still whole even with these parts of myself. And I'm going to be with that. That changed me fundamentally. And the way I began to show up in my life was different. The parts of me that I was ashamed of are no longer active, not because I tried to push them away or tried to change those parts of me, but because I never abandoned them. For the first time, I stayed with them. I said, you know what? I'm going to let you guys stay with me. These parts of myself, I've been trying forever to get rid of them and it hasn't worked. So what would happen if I just let them stay with me? If I just sat with them and let them be here, realizing that I'm already whole, that I don't need to change or push away these parts of myself, even though it feels really bad right now. And that changed me. We don't change by trying to change ourselves. We change by accepting the parts of ourselves that we want to change and that will change you. I just got chills. I hope that resonates. That felt really important to share. You don't need more fixing. You need more acceptance. What would happen if you slowed down and were willing to just be with all of yourself, like all of yourself? And you know, this is why so many people just, I did a Q&A today and someone asked the question, why are we scared of the things that we want? I haven't answered it yet, but this is why. The things that you want, not even just, let's go deeper than that. It's not even the things that you want that you're scared of. It's the things that you don't even know that you want that you're scared of, that your conscious mind won't even allow you to perceive that you want because you're so terrified of it, of what it would mean. Because it means that you're going to have to face the parts of you that you want to change. And doing all of this healing work in order to change yourself, in order to manifest what you want, is never going to bring you the life that you actually deeply desire. Because that takes you actually having to sit with the parts of yourself that you actually want to change to allow them to come to the surface. And that is painfully uncomfortable. This is why we are scared of what we want because of the parts of us it would require us to face and the sacrifices it would require us to make, especially the sacrifice of who other people see us as. You know, a big question I've been asking myself is, am I willing to be misunderstood in the name of alignment? And the answer is yes. And of course, I've been initiated into that. I don't think I've shared this story, but that was a big question I began asking myself. Not only am I willing to be no longer seen as just this good girl or this generous, loving person, but am I willing to be misunderstood? And of course, it happened. I had an experience where I was deeply understood, where I was deeply misunderstood actually by a past client. Deeply misunderstood and something I was trying to communicate. And... In this misunderstanding, I received an email that just was basically calling me some really dirty names and calling me fake. And 
it was just kind of like this vicious email lashing out at me telling me I was the worst kind of person. And you know what? At first it hurt. And then it brought me immense relief because I read that email, read it a few, a few times. And I was like, you know what? I am not feeling the need to over to myself or, or send a paragraph back explaining how they're misunderstanding. You know what? I'm going to let them misunderstand. I'm going to let them perceive me as fake and all of these names they called me. That's okay. Actually, I'm okay with them not understanding me. I'm okay with them actually thinking that I'm a bad person. That's okay. I know that I'm not. And maybe one day they'll understand as well. But I don't need to convince them that I'm a good person. I don't need to convince them to see me in a different light. I don't need even to be understood by them because they right now, I could send them paragraphs and they might still not have the capacity to understand because they have now placed me in a certain light. You know, people will shift the way they perceive you so that they, so that people will shift the way they perceive you so that you will fit into the story they've created about themselves and their life. And if they're needing to cling to that story for safety, they are not going to be able to understand you no matter how hard you explain, because if your truth, the truth of you doesn't fit into their story, it makes them uncomfortable they're not going to be willing to face it. And so sometimes it's not possible to be understood because some people are not willing to understand us and that's okay. And so one of the most powerful moments I had was this really nasty email receiving it set me free. When I realized that it didn't matter anymore. And you know, what's funny is I actually had a few of these experiences in life in the past few months where people misunderstood me in really wild ways and misperceived me and had really inaccurate views of me for some reason, for some misunderstanding. It's happened in a few different areas of life and most of them have been resolved without me even trying. Never once did I justify myself or over explain or try to convince someone that I'm right or to see me in a different light. Every single time it was like, you know what? Okay, that's okay. Your view is valid. You're allowed to see me in that light. I don't agree with your perception, but that's also okay. I honor your right to have that view of me. And I honor the validity of your emotions. And also, you know what? I'm just going to allow myself to be the scapegoat, to be the scapegoat for them to feel what they need to feel right now. Because anyone who is lashing out at me in that manner... They're fucking pissed off at life. They were probably used or manipulated or taken advantage of in lots of different ways. They probably felt like they didn't have a voice. They felt probably felt helpless in many ways in their life. And it helps them feel like they're taking back some sense of power to lash out at me. And you know what? That's okay. That was a powerful realization for me. Because when you're willing to be misunderstood, when you're not attached to an identity, to anyone seeing you in any certain light, you're free. You can do whatever the fuck you want because you don't need to shift the way you're showing up in order to make sure people perceive you in the right way. Perceive me however the hell you want. I am telling you now. You can think all the terrible things in the world about me. And there's probably things that I say that you don't agree with. I wouldn't expect you to agree with everything I share. 
because I'm not here to tell you your truth. I'm not here to pedestal myself. I don't know the truth. All I'm doing is I'm walking this path with you. I'm just walking life. We're hand in hand. Like we're all navigating life together. And I'm just sharing my real life experiences in real time. And nothing ever is an ultimate truth. And I will expect some people to disagree with things I say. And I will expect people to misunderstand me. And that's okay. Because there's a power in being misunderstood that cannot be found in being understood. When everyone is seeing you the way you want them to see you, you're losing out on the power and the freedom that lies in knowing that you've got your own back, that you still feel worthy and lovable, that God still got you, even when you're feeling bullied or hated on or misunderstood or whatever the feelings are. So the invitation is, what areas of life have I been showing up in a way that no longer feels authentic? Have I been showing up in a way that may not feel aligned in order to make sure that people understand me, that people see me in the right light, that people don't judge me. And what areas of life might I have been giving away my power by over-explaining or wasting energy trying to figure out why someone doesn't want me exactly as I am, whether that be a potential client, whether that be a potential romantic partner, whether that be anyone in your reality, a friend, a random stranger. Where am I spending any extra energy trying to figure out or justify why someone doesn't want me exactly as I am or convincing someone that they should want me exactly as I am? I don't need to convince anyone that they need me exactly as I am because I want me exactly as I am. When we accept ourselves exactly as we are, we no longer need to convince anyone else to accept us exactly as we are whether it's a current client, a potential client, a past client, a current lover, a potential partner, a friend, a family member, literally anyone, you will no longer have a need to convince people by over-justifying or explaining or putting on any kind of facade or overthinking about the way we show up. You won't need to do that anymore when you fully accept yourself as you are. But that means accepting all parts of yourself as you are. That means even the parts that feel really icky and shameful that we're trying to heal and, and quote unquote fix. When you slow down and stop trying to fix yourself, you'll find that a lot of your life naturally does fix itself without you even trying. This is all connected. It all comes back to that. Because how do you accept yourself as you are so that other people will show up who are willing to, to take you and love you and accept you and want all of you exactly as you are, right? You're leading by accepting yourself first, but how do you do that? Doesn't It's more than just standing in the mirror and saying that you love yourself. It means actually showing up for the parts of you that you don't feel like you love. That's an act of love. When you don't feel like you love parts of yourself, that's okay. You don't need to force yourself to pretend to love those parts of yourself. Instead, can you just show up for them? Because even though it might not feel loving, that is an act of love. Being willing to witness and stay with the parts of yourself that you actually hate without trying to change them. Anyway, this feels complete for now. Uh, with that said, if you feel inspired to work with me one-on-one, I do feel like there's a couple, I felt a couple souls coming through really strongly. I'm opening up two containers and I can already feel the energy. 
if you feel called to do this work with me, if you feel ready to go deep, and I mean like you feel this like deep embodied readiness, this sense of like, yes, I'm ready. I'm scared maybe, but I'm ready because we're going to go deep. (laughs) If you feel that right now in your body, the link to apply to work with me one-on-one is in the show notes, or you can send me a DM on Instagram if you want to chat about it. Uh, I have two more spots left on my Greece retreat. If you're interested in meeting me in Greece and want to do work in a sisterhood in person, there's only two spots left and when they're filled, they're filled. And I don't know when I'll be doing another one of these. Link for that is also in the show notes to register, or you can also reach out to me, email me, or send me a DM at pursuit of bliss with an underscore after on Instagram. And we can chat if you have questions or concerns or uncertainties, etc. I'm here for all of it. And that is all of the announcements I have for now. I do feel something new brewing for the future. Um, I am in the midst of birthing to life a new offer, but until it's completely ready, it's going to stay private. I will share it when it's ready to be completely born. Still being initiated within me and, uh, I'm sending you all lots of love. I really hope this episode served you. And if it did, I would be honored if you would share it and tag me. I love it when you guys do that. It just makes my day. Share it with any friends or family that you think would also be served from this series. And I'm also always deeply honored when you leave reviews on iTunes. It means the world to me. It helps me get the podcast out there and reach more people. And it just really does really like when I say it means the world, it does. They bring me to tears. I'm constantly humbled by how many of you are here listening to my words. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of this journey and making it through over an hour of me rambling at you about my life. I really do hope it served you and I will see you all in the next episode.